All right, let's go hour number two on a Wednesday. A lot of things on the board today. Still continuing to clean things up from the weekend and the spring game. Talking some football. We'll get back into Texas football talk here in a second with Justin Wells. We want to also, you know, of course we mentioned NBA. Draymond Green with the suspension for game three tomorrow night. Phoenix, Cleveland, and Boston won last night. And if you're into that Lakers-Memphis series, they'll crank it back up tonight. Tonight's kind of injury night around the NBA. Will John Morant be back for Memphis? They're not quite sure on that one. That's TNT tonight, 6.30. Miami-Milwaukee, they'll go NBA TV at 8. Will the Greek Freak be able to play? Haven't heard anything definitive on that yet. Keep our fingers crossed there. And then the 9 o'clock is Minnesota-Denver as the Nuggets try to go up to Oh, a lot of stuff uh, coming up. Also, we'll get you a Flex 30 segment at 1.30. Talk a little Elite 11. They had a regional Elite 11 event here in Austin last week. We'll tell you some of the local guys that did well. Right now, though, uh, we remind you, it's Chad and Zay. I'm Chad Hastings. He is Isaiah Collier. And every Wednesday about this time, we talk to this guy on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. He is Justin Wells of Inside Texas on 3.com at Justin Wells 2424 on Twitter. Justin, how are you? Hey, now. I, you know, the one thing I'm doing is really enjoying this East Texas weather. Oof, man, I'm telling you, it's been, <laughs> it's been nice. I'm glad to hear you still have nice weather. We've had some nice weather around here, too. So, yeah, we're uh, crossing our fingers that it, that it sticks around for a little bit. Uh, and it was good for the, those folks that went out to the spring game. It was pretty warm, obviously, down on that field uh, with the turf and everything. But Longhorn fans got to see, uh, I think, a lot of good stuff. Um, before we get specific, start wherever you want. What jumped out at you about the 2023 spring game? Yeah, you know, the number one thing, and I think we talked about this last week, the number one thing was getting out of it injury-free. If they were able to, to, to get through that Saturday without an injury, that is winning. That's when you win. And so that was number one, and that's what happened. So I consider that a successful spring. Um, I thought the quarterback play looked really good. I think you can tell that Sark's got his fingerprints on that room more and more. Um, you know, Quinn Ewers looked very comfortable. He, he kind of looked like he kind of looked at as his junior year in high school where he's just flicking the ball each and every way, finding different people. Um, he looks in control. He looks in command. And if I'm a Texas fan, that's exactly what you want your starting quarterback to look like going into the summer. I thought Malik Murphy wanted to kind of steal the show. We got to see the big arm talent that we'd always known about. We got to see uh, his ability to, 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 you know, go through his reads and, and make some, he made some really good passes. He's got some accuracy. He's big in that pocket. Uh, I thought his confidence got bigger and bigger. And then Arch Manning, you know, I, I, I neglect to bring up much from the national media because they're the most clueless <laughs> section of writers in the world. But you know what? Click's got to click, and I just hope people don't fall for it. Arch Manning, in a rewatch, didn't look that bad, guys. Um, you know what he looked like? He looked like a guy that should have been maybe preparing for prom last weekend. Because mm-hmm. he was. Right. You know, this is a kid that still should be in high school. Um, but, you know, he was running for his life. When you're playing behind the third-team offensive line, um, you're, you're, you're going to have a difficult time getting through some things. The, the speed of the game is, is going to be something that he's going to get to work on. But, you know, watching Quinn's development and watching Malik's development tells me Arch's development is, is coming. 
You know, because that, and that's the takeaway from those quarterbacks. You know, you bring in Malik Murphy as a developmental guy, and you're seeing the proof that Sark can develop quarterbacks because Malik is, is, is getting to that point. And so I thought Arch did, did well considering the circumstances. He threw a couple real good balls. He had one to Gunnar Helm, probably bruised his ribs. Hmm. He, uh, he, he had some nice tosses. And so overall, uh, the quarterback play, to me, I thought stood out. Uh, freshman Anthony Hill Jr. playing three different positions on defense. I felt that was a standout simply because he made an impact at every single spot he was there. And it looks like he may have some pass rushing ability on the edge, which don't be surprised if it, if the staff kind of starts tinkering with that a little bit more. And we see that come uh, August fall camp. Um, yeah, top to bottom, man. It, it, it was a good day. Injury-free. The quarterbacks were spreading the ball all over the field. Fans love to see that. Um, one of the coolest things, I think, at wide receiver, it wasn't so much that A.D. Mitchell looks good. It wasn't that Jonte Cook catches it effortlessly. It wasn't that DeAndre Moore is going to be a guy that, that could probably make an impact early in Austin. It was the fact that I think we can now say Xavier Worthy isn't going to see bracket coverage anymore. And that is the biggest takeaway from receiver. The fact that he's going to be able to get a little bit more one-on-one opportunities. And, and he played some kind of pissed off. I think last year really kind of stuck Xavier with, with, with the drops, with the injury, with just the way the season progressed. And he looks like a man on a mission. I thought he was playing really, really good, really confident. And so top to bottom, I guess those are the main things that stood out. Um, I, I, I will go back and say one thing. The best thing we saw Saturday from the quarterback position, I felt like, was Malik Murphy. And the reason why is if you want to push Arch Manning, if you want to get the most out of Arch Manning, let him chase Malik. Let him, let him battle Malik because that's the backup quarterback in Austin right now. It's not number 16. It's number six. And I think that's one of the best things that we, could, that we saw was that yeah, Arch Manning's got competition. So it's not just the keys are just going to be handed to him. He's going to have to fight and battle. And top to bottom, that's going to make him better. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Jay Wells. You know, this running back room, I've been joking all week, you know, because Steve Sarkeesian, he's always had a 1,000-yard back. And with so much depth there, you know, who's going to be that? You've got Jaden Blue who had that nice run. I don't know if it should have been a touchdown, but it was a really nice run. You see what Savion Red could bring to the table, moving from wide receiver to running back. You know, C.J. Baxter, the five-star, obviously he has a long way to go, a lot like Arch Manning. We didn't even talk about Jonathan Brooks, who barely played, or Keelan Robinson, who didn't play like this running back room there's a lot to be excited about with what I saw this past Saturday especially when you got a guy that's probably going to go first round of this year's draft and another guy that's about to get drafted what you see with the running back room on Saturday and moving forward you know the the Texas running back room now kind of resembles an NFL running room in that it's going to be by committee uh if there's going to be a thousand yard rushing this year by running back, it's going to be in the aggregate. Mm-hmm. Um, because, uh, you know, it, unless Jonathan Brooks just has, you know, a breakout season or Cedric Baxter really has a breakout season, I feel like he may not have a 1,000-yard rusher. But here's the beauty of that. You don't need one in this, on this roster to, this season. You won't need that. You're going to need guys that can, can come in and give you 10, 15, 
you know, 20 carries when they can, you know, hang on to the ball, move, move the chains, because ultimately it's going to open up a lot for the offensive passing, for the vertical passing game. And so I think you're going to see much more complementary football on offense when it comes to the, you know, the, the, the crossing between rushing and passing. Um, you know, each running back adds their own little dash of spice, each one. And they've all got some potential, and they've all got some upside. You know, Cedric Baxter, dude, when he puts on 20 more pounds, he's going to look just like a Florida man. Like, that is a athlete. And, and the way he planted that cut, uh, I think Manny Muhammad is still looking around down on, on the field because that was an incredible run. Savion Red going between the tackles, I mean, he just has a college-ready body. He's short, compact, he's explosive. Jaden Blue probably surprised me the most, and I think we need to remember that this cat went for 2,000 yards in 6A his junior year. And so Jaden Blue still has that as well. And then at, at the end, you know, we didn't see Keelan Robinson. He's been, you know, unhealthy. And, and Jonathan Brooks as well. I think they were more precautionary with him. And so I think Kashar Choice going into 2023 likes his running back room. But I think there's going to be it's going to be a, a group uh, type thing this year because there's not one until one guy jumps up and just takes the role kind of like Bijan did. I think it's going to be in the aggregate. And you know what? In the NFL, they've been doing that for years now. They're running that that committee is is kind of the new thing, or at least it's been the thing for a while. And I think you're going to see that in, in Austin in 2023. Talking with Justin Wells inside Texas. Uh, Justin, let's go to the defensive side of the ball. Um, you mentioned a couple guys, but in, uh, since we're sitting over here in, in the Westlake Hills, let me ask you about Ethan Burke. I thought 91 certainly looked the part. How much of a part of this defense do you think he's going to be in 2023? Big, big. And I, 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 didn't, I did not think I could say that at the beginning of spring. Uh, he's going to be big. And, you know, you know for, for a number of reasons – but here's the most important, you know, from a collective defensive effort group, he can set the edge. You want to stop the run in football, buddy, you better set the edge. Texas hasn't been great at that over the last few years. It's kind of difficult when, when you're kind of learning the, the PK system and doing that. Now, a lot of those guys on that interior front and, and that, that, that front seven, they understand that now. And they understand their role. Ethan Burt knows it. Well, this is a guy that can set the edge, pushes those, you know, pushes those backs inside, so you don't, you're not getting gashed on the outside. Plus, he's getting to the quarterback. He, he's, he's, he's making plays. I think, that, I think he uses his height very well. He knows how to use leverage and hands. And, and it's one of those things, too, where you know, I like where Justice Finkley's at on that side as well. I think he's a guy that's going to be a contributor as well. But he gets a little caught up in the wash. And he gets bull rushed. Ethan Burke doesn't. He sheds blocks and he's able to, 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 to you know, get around that, bend that edge. And so to me, if you're a defensive guy and, 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 and you know stopping the run is imperative for, for any successful season, you have to be able to set the edge in PK's system. Ethan Burke showed that he can do that. And I think we're only seeing glimpses of what he could become. To me, Going into the spring, you wanted to see the edge guys kind of start to separate, at least show their strengths, their weaknesses, what you can expect from those guys. I didn't know if Ethan Burke was going to be able to, to make that statement. Guys, 
Ethan Burke made that statement, and, and Westlake fans are going to enjoy watching him this fall. I like that. I like that a lot. You know, Jay Wells with Trill Carter coming into town, the Minnesota transfer, D tackle to an already solid defensive line group. Byron Murphy, he looks to have a huge season. Travondre Sweat, we know what he could bring to the table. What does Trill Carter coming to the 40 mean for this defensive unit? <laughs> it means the rich get richer. I love the Texas defensive line before Trill Carter. Uh, at least for the, the first two, the, the first and second string. The problem there was they needed some, some depth, some reliable depth. And if you notice the last couple of years, Bo Davis likes to rotate those guys in a lot. He doesn't just want two or three dominant guys. He wants like five or six that he can rely on. And he gives them about 20 to 25 snaps a game, which keeps everybody fresh, keeps them healthy. And it, and it keeps, you know, it, it, that's a good thing on your defense when you've got a, a solid rotation on that defensive line. And they've had that. Now you're adding a guy that's a quintessential three tech that was an all Big Ten, six foot two, 310 pound defensive tackle. You know, this kid logged 300, uh, 545 snaps on the defensive line last year. He's valuable because he can add depth. And when you're about to go into the SEC, you need to add as many big bodies on the offensive and defensive line as humanly possible because you can never have enough. And I think that's exactly what Trill Carter is. That's, this isn't a kid that's coming in expecting a starting job and expecting to, to, to you know, be the man. He's coming in as a role player to find his niche and, and, and push Vernon Broughton and push an Alfred Collins and, and, and keep those guys sharp because, you know, they, they had good camps. Cheryl Carter is going to be a guy that comes in. It's just like what Sark's been doing managing the roster. He's going to churn the bottom of it just like an NFL franchise. The, the, you know, the, the two or three guys at the bottom of the 83, 84, and 85 man on that roster, they're, gonna get, they're probably going to get moved because you've got to bring talent. That's how you build a, a successful program. You've got to continually look for talent. Trill Carter is that. And it's funny because, you know, we got to catch up with Trill before he made his announcement on Monday. And one of the things that he said, you know, he said, man, I loved Ohio State. It looked great. He said, they've got this tradition, you know, great defenses. And he said, man, I played in the Big Ten too long. It's too cold. I need to get down there in the heat. <laughs> wow. There you and go. It, and, it, and it just made sense that a man named Trill is going to play at Texas. That's what I said, Jay Wells. <laughs> Got to keep it Trill, baby. Uh, it's fantastic. Uh, let's, keep it, uh, let's keep it right there on the interior, Justin, before uh, last one from me. Offensive line-wise, you were talking about needing as much as you can on the offensive and defensive line. I know uh, a lot of guys have been talking about uh, Cameron Williams, uh, the, uh, the kid from Duncanville, and what he looked like. Uh, he certainly uh, is looking the part right now as a sophomore. Tell me what you thought of him, but also the offensive line as a whole in the spring game i didn't see a whole lot of you know little issues or mistakes little penalties and things that that might make you concerned if you're a texas fan i thought they came out of it pretty well what'd you think yeah with the way they split up the teams i thought what you saw from the offensive line was pretty much par for the course um you know they've got more depth there which you know that, that that that's something we couldn't say over the last few years kyle flood has done a tremendous job really stockpiling that O-line room. And don't forget, you, you had a starter that was out 
uh, for the spring. And Cole Hudson, he's going to be back in you know June first. He'll be ready to to either take back that right guard spot or to potentially move to center and 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 see how much creative this O line can get. At the same time, Cam Williams is he's a young monster. That's just who he is. Uh, he's ginormous. He's uh, he's smart. He's quick. He's got good hands. He's he's a guy that's probably going to play a, a lot uh, on Sundays in the NFL down the line, and I love his versatility. You know, they used him a little bit at guard this, this spring, and I think a lot of it was really just Flood is really curious with cross training, figuring out you know where guys can go and where they can't do, and, and kind of that way he can he can put together the best you know starting five and really eight they 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 like to go eight deep there you start with your five and you can rotate three guys in to keep them help uh, keep them re- uh, fresh throughout the game cam williams stood out uh kelvin banks is a wall um i thought the interior offensive line got <clears throat> pushed around a little bit but that was happening in camp because the interior defensive line at texas is freaking tough like Tavondre Sweat is a guy. Byron Murphy's a guy, and so it's hell for those guys trying to to defend those guys off. And um, I thought the line as a whole played well. I thought the running backs used found lanes and did well. Um, but the way they split things up, I wasn't surprised that a couple of the quarterbacks like Arch were kind of running around for the life a little bit. I know Quinn was having to scramble a little bit as well, and I think it's one of those zero sum outcomes. Chad, where, yeah, the, the D-line played well because the O-line may have gotten beat. But then the next drive, the O-line played well because maybe the D-line got beat. So they kind of crossed each other out. And at the end of the day, the offensive line going into the summer and into 2023 is in a very good position. They've got guys that, can, that they feel like they can rely on, that they know. They're returning all their starters. Uh, and when you've got bookend tackles in Calvin Banks and Christian Jones, I trust Kyle Flood to find the best three interior. If that's Hayden Connor, Majors, and Hudson, if that's DJ Campbell uh, stepping up and taking a spot and possibly sliding, sliding Hudson inside, there's so many possibilities, and that is what spring ball is about, figuring out what your guys can do, but more importantly, what they can't. Jay Wells, before we let you go, ask you a basketball question. We know Caden Sheardrick, the Virginia transfer, he was on the 40 a couple of days ago, wondering how that went and where Coach Terry and this coaching staff is at with this basketball team trying to make a roster for the 2024 season. Jay, that's a good question, and I'm not sure there's a lot of answers there right this second. Um, they got a lot of lures out. They're trying to catch some, some big fish in this portal. And, you know, two years ago when Chris Beard took the job, he hit the portal hard, and he did well. DeSue, Bishop, Hunter, I mean, all those guys. I mean, Beard, <laughs> Timmy Allen, I mean, he hit the portal, and it, and it essentially uh, helped him make an elite eight run in, in 2023. And so Terry's he's kind of in that in-between stage. He's, he, that staff is looking to, to fill in spots. Um, I know I'm not sure if the Oral Roberts point guard has announced yet, um, but I know Texas is, is in the mix there. They, they feel they feel like they've got a shot at him. I know the Jaden Nunn kid, I believe, picked Baylor uh, yesterday, uh, the Virginia Commonwealth guard. And so it's going to be one of those things where every Wednesday when we talk, it's going to be an update of who came in and where are they going next. 
because this is going to be a process. Rodney Terry can recruit, and he's definitely a player's coach. And so that will resonate. But the Virginia Big and Shedrick, I mean, you get that guy on the uh, on campus and, and you get him in the mix, I think that's a big plus. Um, overall, though, this roster doesn't look like it's going to look when we come to the fall. And Terry's got three or four months to, to sort of shape it around. And so, you know, Ron Holland's coming. You hate that you lose A.J. Johnson. I mean, outstanding talent, outstanding kid. But you got Ron Holland coming in. Uh, and that, that's one of the best players in the country. Now they need to surround it with, with some, a handful of, of portal guys. And that's just uh, – that that's that 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 remains to be seen. Jay, there's going to be more and more guys that take trips, and so I don't think we're going to really know what the basketball roster is going to look like until we get into the summer. That is Justin Wells. Check out Inside Texas on three dot com at Justin Wells two four two four on Twitter if you want to give him a follow. Justin, continue to enjoy that great weather while it lasts, man. We appreciate it as always, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Will do, guys. Nothing but love. There it Thanks, is. Justin. And next week when we talk to Justin Wells, it'll be the day before the draft. He's a big Cowboys fan, so we'll get his final thoughts on pick number 26 and if he thinks the Cowboys need to go crazy and go up to get Bijan. Yeah, as a Cowboys fan, you need to quit worrying about 26 and worry about pick number 10. <laughs> I need to worry about That's what, what you need to worry about. I need to worry about what those Eagles yeah, might do, huh? Yeah, them Eagles might change the whole league with th- that pick. You think I might need to worry about the NFC champions? Yeah. Yeah, maybe focus yeah. in on uh-huh. that? Jeez, I hadn't said that out loud <laughs> in a while. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, hang on. Let me, yeah, it's let me, tough. Let me take a drink out of this Cowboys. Uh, yeah, take a swig, water. man. Oh, take a swig. Mm. <laughs> that was gross. That, I love how it's a Cowboys. Cup it does too. happen to be the Cowboys. Yes. Oh, that was ah, that was gross saying that. I'm not gonna try to say that out loud anymore. Uh, thanks to Justin for his time. Up next in the Flex 30 segment, the Elite 11 was in town for a regional event this past weekend, which local guys did well. We will let you know, plus a couple other things you can check out at Flex ATX, at FLXATX on your social media. Plus, where are we at in society? Coming before the hour is done. Talking basketball and football today on a Wednesday. Uh, we are glad you're with us. If you want to jump in, Specs text line 337-3776. A lot of good stuff coming in today on Draymond Green in the NBA and some college football. So jump on in there. This is the Horn. Chad and Zay. Backing vocals and everything. It's a good one. There's a little bit of, eh, there's a little bit of a Tina sound there, but I don't think it's Tina. Is that Gladys Knight? There we go. And then the pips would be. And the pips. And the pips are in the yeah. background. Yeah, yeah. Produced by Curtis Mayfield. Is that right? Yeah. You know what? Now that you say it, you hear that does kind of have a little yeah, Curtis Mayfield, Mayfield funk, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. had a little bit of that. Gladys Knight and the Pips in KOTB and Joe Walsh uh, all on the show today. 
We hope you are having a great Wednesday. A lot of stuff going on football-wise. Obviously, the NBA playoffs rolling on. Uh, we've gotten a lot of good text in on the Specs text line, 337-3776. Our man Chris Bennett hit us with a text earlier saying, Chad, how about number 30? 30th player the Aggies lost yesterday. <laughs> Chris Bennett, so petty. I, I walk up it. today and realize nobody, nobody loves Aggie tears more than Chris Bennett does. But I woke up today reading 26. So I have not seen – he said he saw an on-three report last night that had the number up at 30. Uh, I saw that cornerback Bobby Taylor had entered the transfer portal. A&M did just get a cornerback from – uh, Boston College, this Josh uh, DeBerry kid, all-ACC guy, they've actually been in the ACC with multiple defensive backs. Maybe that's the Jimbo ACC years. Um, but I had seen 26 in the portal. Chris Bennett saying he's seen it up at 30. Also one I didn't like, Zay, a young offensive lineman, Matthew Wyckoff, a few days ago, about a week ago, entered the portal. I didn't like that one. He's a guy that got a little playing time last year, but I thought he was going to be in the mix this year to continue the – you know, he's got three more years of eligibility, and he's into the portal. Yeah, I mean, we know weed's not legalized in Texas, but come on, Jimbo. you got to go Adam Silver and say, we'll just turn the blind eye. Man. Y'all got too many guys getting in trouble with it. That's not fun. It's not. With the way weed is looked at nowadays, we see what Ricky's doing for it and what Ricky has done. Ricky Williams, I'm speaking of. Like, y'all got a lot of potheads over there in College Station. Embrace it. Yeah. Y'all aren't doing that. Y'all aren't doing that. So guys are leaving to go find other places, maybe Oregon, Washington, U-Dub. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't Southern know either. Southern Cal. Yeah. I don't know. But clearly what Jimbo and the guys are doing up there, it ain't working. I don't know what the issue is. Let but them hit the blind. It is not a terrific look to have that many, especially after you know you had the number one class in the country that recently. Yeah. When, ain't nothing when, like going in the ice bath and then getting with the team after you just study for a hard paper. <laughs> Jimbo's yelling like crazy and just relaxing and hitting the doobie. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Ain't nothing wrong with that, but yeah. hey, this is what y'all want to do is what y'all want to do. Yeah. By the way, for you Longhorn fans and others that might want to be keeping tabs on the Aggies the year before you join the SEC, of note on the schedule, A&M's going to be at Miami and host Auburn and play Arkansas all in September, and then they're going to play Bama and Tennessee back-to-back in October. Mm. Host Bama at Tennessee. Mm. That's a little thick, ain't back, it? Back-to-back. We will see how they react there. Uh, thank you for the uh, Specs text line comments today. Uh, somebody was commenting earlier about how Texas will enter the SEC, and in their opinion, that Texas would have a way better roster than what A&M had back in 2012. They said A&M didn't have this kind of roster. They still had Kevin Sumlin's guys. I don't think it was an awful roster in 2012, but I do get the point that they're making, and we'll see how you know how Texas develops this year. Zay, I think it's fair to point out you and a lot of Longhorn fans you're going to watch it knowing what's coming you're going to know there's an SEC schedule on the other side of that mountain and you got to be able to to be ready you know you got to be able to block and tackle at a certain level otherwise that conference will get after you so if these guys continue to develop and Texas looks good this year that's just extra good news for you moving forward absolutely and this is a huge year for number three we know his aspirations is to get to the NFL and he'll be eligible for the draft there's a lot of guys that are looking at uh what's my man's name Drake May at North Carolina mm-hmm. and Caleb Williams and USC well Quinn could be that number three we see all the quarterbacks right now that are in this year's draft if Quinn has a good year then and why not? 
and he has the talent around him to do that, but Sark has to put him in the right situation to, for him to be successful. Did he do that all of last year? No, he didn't. Sark has to be better. Yeah, we'll see what it looks like. And uh, if you're counting it up, and you know we are, only 136 days until that first weekend of college football when Texas will play Rice. Uh, real quick, before we get to the flex segment, maybe this is good news. The Bucks have now upgraded uh, Antetokounmpo to questionable. For the so game he tonight, was probable I guess earlier. He, I guess he was. Well, no. If he if he's upgraded to questionable, he was doubtful. I guess oh. he goes. So maybe they went doubtful to questionable. Oh, so supposed to be a little bit of good news, but hopefully he'll be able to go tonight, and John Morant will be able to go. I saw that John Morant footage. I'm not encouraged by that John Morant footage. Zay, he did everything with his left hand, and then I saw the trainer walk up and put bubble wrap. Around the right hand. It's not good. Didn't like that. It's not good at all. Uh, you're loving that if you're a Lakers fan, though. Uh, that's early tonight, by the way. 6.30 TNT. Not often we get to see LeBron this time of year while the sun's out. Yeah. And other than weekends uh, on a weekday. But that's 6.30 TNT tonight for the Lakers and Memphis. All right, let's get you a quick flex segment. We'll tell you about a couple local quarterbacks that did well in the Elite 11. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. All right, Zay, if people don't have his name in their head, they may want to learn the name Will Hammond, the quarterback from Hutto ends up with the second-best score from the Austin Elite 11 event that happened. If you don't know, there's different. they're doing different regions with the Elite 11, and this past weekend it was uh, right here in Austin, so this, this area kind of got together, obviously Dallas and Houston area and everything. Um, so Will Hammond, second-best rating among all the quarterbacks, and Mason Cochran of Round Rock was number eight overall okay good for those guys yeah really nice and uh if you're wondering we were looking up the schedule earlier so with elite 11 they just got done as we said in austin they'll go ohio this week they'll have a eugene event out in oregon oxford atlanta and then there's an event out in it just says northeast on may 21st so they will continue that says northeast location to be announced in the next week so they're working their way towards that congrats to those young men for doing well and if you go to flex atx you can find the way to see all the different breakdowns all the different scores um and uh, the website link you can go to there so check them out flex atx on your social media also, do you think Trent Dilfer, when he's giving these guys game and just helping them out to become the best quarterbacks they can be, do you think he just says, you know what, guys, quarterback ain't that hard right now. <laughs> Y'all heard me on the Baltimore 30 for 30. It ain't that hard. Can you just do it, dadgummit? <laughs> I hope not. Okay. I, I was wondering not. where he's at. I was making sure he's letting these guys know yeah. that it's still a very hard position to play. Yeah, that is weird. You're right. I, I, remember, I remember having that thought right when that came about. I'm like, uh, Trent? You're involved with quarterbacks like on a yearly basis with this. You're not impressed yeah. with what quarterbacks are doing now? Elite 11. Oh, come on, man. Like you see a guy drop a 50-yard bomb right on the money. No, not impressed. You didn't? Nope, didn't like it. You know who's doing a terrible job? Those developers of quarterbacks, those <laughs> camp guys. They're terrible. Trent, 
Trent, you're wearing the camp shirt right now. What are you doing? What are you doing, man? I still think that was a weird statement to make. I kind of get what he was saying. Yeah, that Baltimore defense was ridiculous in 2000. And yes, the rules are different, but dude, you played the position. Yeah, he just got lost in that 30 for 30. He got lost, huh? It was weird. Yeah. Once I heard that he was on stage with that defense, they were filming for the 30 for 30, I thought, oh, okay. And he's sitting in front of a bunch of Ravens fans. Yeah, he's loyal. Okay. I guess that he yeah. just kind of got, got lost there. Uh, also, a quick shout out to uh, Peyton Morgan, the ta- the talented D uh, defensive back from Weiss. He's going to be headed to the Nebraska spring game this weekend. And I may have misspoke during a flex segment and said he was committed to Texas Tech. I believe that's just an offer. And he's got an offer from Nebraska and others as well. So I don't believe he has decided yet where he's going to commit. By the so. way, good choice not choosing Tech. I feel him. There you go, Peyton. <laughs> there you go, Peyton. Yeah, I feel him. Let it roll. I wouldn't tell him to pick Nebraska either. But <laughs> ah, that's, a, you know. that's a whole other discussion. Um, so uh, shout out to all those guys. And remember that camp is coming up this Saturday out at Dell Valley. Fozzie Whitaker, Roshan Johnson, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. out at that new uh, incredible facility out there in Dell Valley. And it is free. So go to bamfam.org or just check out FlexATX. They'll get you the uh, the link there as well, hornfm.com. We've got it on our events page as well. Yeah, Roshan's going to be on with B&E tomorrow, so check that out. Yes, and thank you for mentioning that. Yeah, Roshan on with Bucky and Aaron in the morning. They've already talked to Fozzie this week, and I know the afternoon guys have talked to those fellas as well. Very cool that Roshan's doing that right before the draft. Man, that's, that's the type of guy he is. That's awesome. That's incredible. That's got to be for the NFL NFL teams that are going through the interviews and everything. They've got to be even if they're not going to draft them. They got to be coming out of here. It's like, hey, have you talked to these Texas running backs? Right. What the hell is going on over there? That's amazing. Oh, one of the most the scariest times for NFL GMs has to be right now, where these guys just have so much time on their hands and they're bored and they're just doing right. stuff like outside of football and you just don't know what they're doing. And you just hear these nut stories when you get in, you get that call at three AM and yeah. you know, we get alerted by Four Letter Network or whoever, you know, later on of all oh, this idiot did this where? And yeah. you don't have to worry about that with Bijan or Roshan. Yeah, you get the call. Hey, hey, you know that guy we're thinking about drafting in maybe the third round? Yeah, he's about Roshan out of Texas? Yeah. You know what he's doing this Saturday? What? He's going to be getting up by 9 a.m. to get over to a high school to take some kids through drills. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Maybe we'll yeah. remember that. <laughs> exactly. You know? Yeah. Not right. negative. Nothing to worry about. Nothing to worry about. Yeah, check that camp out. And shout out to the Bam Fam folks for uh, for putting that together. If you have a prospect that you want to get a little attention and instruction, uh, or maybe both, check that out. Coming up next, where are we at in society with Zay? And at 205, we'll talk to Chip Brown of Horns247.com. His thoughts on the spring game, plus his thoughts on Trill Carter, the Minnesota D-tackle that's going to be a Texas D-tackle. Chip wrote an article about him this week. We'll see what he found out. Stay with us. It's the Horn. Chad and Zay. It's really weird you played this song because the other day my daughter and I were driving around. She played a song for me called Tell Me Why by Taylor Swift. And I thought, oh, man, that Beatles song, Taylor, Tell Me Why, is badass. I haven't heard that in a while. And now you're playing it. Ah, old school Beatles here. Old school Beatles. Dude, this is like, God, 64, 65, 66, somewhere in there. 
Probably 60. I mean, it's, yeah, that's early run of the Beatles. Good stuff. Uh, the Wayback Machine there. The Beatles, Gladys Knight and the Pips, New Kids on the Block, and Joe Walsh have all been on the show. Did you get raised on any Beatles at all? No. Not at all? Not at all. No? No. You know, my folks, Motown people, I don't like the Beatles. C.C. Collier wasn't? No. Wasn't spinning the Beatles? Nope. No Sgt. Pepper? No. No early Beatles? No Rubber Soul? Nope. Temptations? I bet one. Commodores? Now, was he into? James Brown? Was he into, like, Earth, Wind, and Fire at all? Yes. Because Earth, Wind, and Fire has one of the best Beatles covers ever. Their cover of Got to Get You Into My Life is incredible. Huh. It's from another planet good. I just put that punk in it. Ooh, it's so good. Yeah. So good. Yeah, a lot of that, that's, that's some of the most covered stuff out there, the Lennon-McCartney stuff, and uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire did an incredible job of that one. So if you haven't heard that Beatles cover, check that one out. Even if you're not into the Beatles, you got to be into that one. All right, uh, a lot of good music on the show today, as always. Hopefully a lot of good sports talk. A lot of, there's um, basketball to get into. There's football to get into. And, uh, oh, there it is. Chris Bennett throws out the tweet that he saw. So this is from On3Sports. Zay, most transfers out this offseason, tied for third place, Oregon with 25. I wouldn't have expected that. Yeah. With all the NIL stuff. Interesting. But, but you know what? Only so much green to go around. That's true. And only so many green jerseys to wear. Uh, they're tied with Arizona State. That one feels like it makes sense. That one just – that does not uh, – it, it may be unfair to say it. It just doesn't feel like the most stable program right now with what they've been going through the last couple of years. They've each had 25 – into the portal. Uh, second place is Arkansas with 28, and A&M is listed here at number one with 30 transfers out this offseason. Yeah, we took Jalen Catalan from out Arkansas, so That's true. I see it. Right, Texas gets one of those Arkansas guys ultimately. Uh, very interesting there as the transfer portal continues to roll, and it stays open until mid-May or so in terms of football all right um in terms of more football talk we got chip brown coming up horns 247.com it is wednesday normally that would be in our wednesday night lineup but things will get moved around this week no wednesday night lineup because of texas baseball texas and acu coming up tonight at 6 30 so if you want to check out uh the wednesday night flex show that'll be back next week longhorn blitz podcast go get that wherever you get your podcast plus fight night and sports guys talking wrestling everything will go podcast only tonight all right zay let's get into it where are we at in society we'll see what zay's got where are we at in society today all right do i need to be checking twitter here what's going yeah, on yeah go to twitter go to those dms so okay. you can see what's going on all right all, all right. right so game two tonight memphis grizzlies los angeles lakers we don't know if john morant will be able to play or not but the grizzlies they are trying to even things up before they go back to la la land mm-hmm. and Desmond Bain, the shooting guard for the Grizzlies, he's in an interesting situation because the current shoe that he plays in is the LeBron 20. LeBron's 20th shoe with Nike. Mm -hmm. And this goes against the code because if you're an NBA player and you're going up against another player, you can't wear his shoe. Really? That's a no-no. I mean, I didn't know that. you You could do it. But it's to show your other teammates that, hey, I'm locked in. Uh, F this guy. I'm not going to show any. 
type of loyalty to him. I'm not wearing his kicks, even though that might be my shoe okay. of preference. So your teammates would expect you to wear that shoe. You can wear it any other game you want, but when I we mean, face them, you don't wear it. I mean, back in the day, nobody was wearing J's when you were playing against Jordan. That's yep. a no. In the 90s, nobody was wearing J's unless you were Scottie Pippen or B.J. Armstrong, and they played with Mike. Sure. I didn't realize that. Okay. It makes sense, but, but, though. It makes sense. Nowadays, we know how these guys are. Everybody's cool with one another, jersey swapping, you know, all these camps and stuff. It's a different era. Mm-hmm. And Desmond Bain, he won't. he's going to continue to wear the LeBron shoe because earlier in the season, in November, he had a toe injury where he missed a few games. Okay. And he wasn't wearing the LeBron shoe then. So his camp, the medical staff with the Grizzlies, et cetera, doctors, they said, we need to find you a shoe that is comfortable for you so this won't be an issue in the long haul. And that's LeBron's shoe, ironically. So he's saying his claim is when people ask him about, like, yo, you're still wearing LeBron shoe, what's up with that? He said, I got to leave my pride to the side and do what's best for my body and my career. Wow. So how do you feel about this? That's the only shoe on on planet Earth that can comfort that toe? Nike. This is Nike. This is Phil Knight. We literally just dropped the movie called Air, so you know they're still making money off that movie, not just not just the shoes. Because LeBron shoes, uh, Nike apparel. LeBron shoes are Nike as well, right? Yes. But yeah, the entire company. You can't come up with another option. Find out what it is about that LeBron shoe and adapt it into another shoe if you really needed to. It's not adding up for me. That's what I'm trying to. Find. Desmond Bain. There's another shoe out there for you that fits. It might not be that LeBron 20, but come on, bro. Now you got to find something else. This other thing you sent me from LakersDaily.com, uh, which says LeBron says he's going to send more signature shoes to Desmond Bain. Quote, I got to make sure he has a, he is a LeBron athlete now. Yeah, um, yeah that doesn't that, – that's weird to me. If you believe in the rule, if Desmond Bain truly believes that he can't face LeBron in LeBron's shoe – then go to Nike and explain that. I don't understand. Yeah, but clearly he doesn't think that's a thing. And maybe he just it thinks- doesn't face him. If I'm Jaron Jackson Jr. or any or uh, Dylan Brooks, I'm livid. So this would bother you as a team. Hell teammate. yeah. Okay. Why the hell are you supporting him? He's the enemy. This is war. This is the playoffs, es- young fella. Especially when we're talking about the Memphis Grizzlies, a team that is volatile when they wake up. A little unhinged when they go to lunch and a little freaked out when they go to dinner. This is just a team with issues all over the place. We talked about it. They're so intense anyway. If I'm a Memphis Grizzly, oh my God, I wouldn't wear the shoe. I wouldn't wear a shirt. I wouldn't say LeBron's name. I wouldn't retweet LeBron as I'm about to play him. Yeah. That's I, a sensitive group. So it is. Yeah, that, that makes no sense to me. They To me, you got to be able to figure that out. Yeah, now somebody said Ginobili wore LeBron's during the 2014 finals and was cooking the heat. Ginobili's a different type of dog. So I, yeah. you know. Now that's pretty badass. I didn't that realize that. That is badass. Yeah, if you're if you're wearing him out at the time and G- wearing the shoes. Oh, man. Ginobili's the type of person to use that as fuel. Like, I'm going to show, I'm going to give you buckets and do this Euro step on you. And when you're on the ground and you're looking above and you see my foot over you, you're going to see your own symbol. That's Ginobili's logic, but I for this one, you haven't beaten LeBron before. Yeah, well, Ginobili beat LeBron in the 07. 
Yeah, that's true. Like, he has that mental advantage. Like, I could be, we've beaten this guy before. We could do it again. They swept him in 07, too, right? Yeah, it was, like it was ba- nothing. It was bad. Yeah. Really bad. You could walk by him after the games are over. Man, these are comfy, LeBron. Thank you, man. <laughs> Good looking hey, out. Good you, looking out. Can you sign them? Because we know you're going to be one of the greats. Can you sign them just in case I have a bad day? Just, just in case I go broke, you hey, know, something like that? Hey, dude, can you sign these shoes I just went 25, 10, and 12 yeah. uh, against you in, please? Yeah. John Morant has his own shoe. With, with Nike, Desmond Bain, why aren't you wearing that? Oh, see, that's even dumber. I was going to ask you if one of his big-time teammates, so if Ja is with Nike, the Nike people and the Ja people can't come up with, what is it you love about this toe support? Hey, do we have toe support? Yeah, no, we got- no, just for Braun. Just yeah. for Braun. You're only support- Only Braun. Yeah, okay, they've decided to support your toe too, Desmond. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> and by the way, Ja's been, fo- I know Ja's been focused on this rehab and stuff, but he has a little extra time on his hands. He couldn't have been talking to the shoe people. Well, also, we haven't talked about these dudes are filthy rich. Buy something. You could afford another shoe, even if it might not be as cool as a LeBron shoe. You know what I hear? They, they're doing amazing stuff with that Dr. Scholes this, this time frame. <laughs> it's not like it is. It's not like your granddad's Dr. Scholes, man. They got, they got all kinds of inserts, art supports. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, Scholes get you through. That's weird. I, it, this, is an, this is an eye-opening segment, though, Zay. I appreciate it, as always. I never would have thought of that unwritten rule. It never occurred to me. It makes sense once you say it, like if Kobe had a shoe back in the day and somebody's facing the Lakers and Kobe, you don't want to wear Kobe's shoe. Oh, Kobe loved it. Kobe said, I have that edge on you. Yeah. If oh. you're wearing my shoe, I mentally have an edge on you because I know you idolize me. Right. Yep. You you look at me as yeah. you look at me look as a role model type. If you're wearing my shoe and LeBron, he can be like, "Oh man, we got him, we got him." If they're looking at me like that, they don't have that hatred for me, and that's that's the thing of why you wouldn't want them to wear the shoe. Just don't yeah. give those guys any edge or any comfort. Yeah, they don't need anything else. They don't need anything else. Right. In fact, they need to know that you've changed. They need to know it. Yeah. Specifically, that you that you care enough about the details, and they might know that you normally wear the shoe, but they see you're not wearing it tonight. Yeah, I don't remember Stockton Malone wearing Jordan's shoe. I wouldn't think so. I don't remember Patrick Ewan ever wearing Michael Jordan's shoe. No. And you remember in the last dance, Patrick Ewan, he's still hurt from all that. Now, it was tough to see when Jordan threw him to the side. What was Russell wearing that night when uh, Byron Russell, when he threw him to the side? Like, was he, wearing, <laughs> was he maybe wearing some Jordan? Did he have proper toe support? As, as the way Jordan- he slid off that push-off, he should have had soul support. Oh, my God. All right, uh, there's where we at in society. We do it every day about 145. Two o'clock hour coming up. Chip Brown will start it off telling us what he thought of the spring game and give you a little bit more on Trill Carter, the, the newest Longhorn coming out of the transfer portal in football. Coming up at 2.30, we'll tell you why today matters, including one of the most famous sports posters ever with a birthday today. This is The Horn.